0: Welcome back to Pack Therapy. I'm your host, Joe Giglio. Thank you so much for joining us here. Have a great conversation with Derek Wittenberg for you. Witt was involved in the documentary on ACC Network next week. It's called The Tournament, A History of ACC Men's Basketball. It's 10 parts. There'll be two episodes each day for five days starting next Monday. You might remember Wit, obviously, helped NC State win the national championship in 1983. But then in 2013, he worked with Jonathan Hock on the ESPN 30 for 30, Survive and Advance. Hawk is back to work on this. This is a great project. I think NC State fans are really going to enjoy this. Again, comes out on Monday on the ACC Network. It's called The Tournament, a history of ACC men's basketball. In the present, though, let's talk a little bit about NC State men's basketball right now. The Wolfpack is 10-12 and 12 on the season and 3-8 and in the league after Saturday's 100-80 to loss at North Carolina. Look, 20 points, final score, you're saying, eh, not that bad. But the first 30 minutes of that game, NC State got down by as many as 35 points. The effort was not acceptable. And for the most part, in Kevin Keats' five seasons, that has not been in question. It was on Saturday. And that was a difficult performance, if you're an NC State fan, to watch It definitely made me think about the time in 2017 when NC State lost by 51 at the Smith Center. The difference between those two games, though, that Carolina team went on to win the national championship. This Carolina team might not make the NCAA tournament, so you you can't not be competitive with Carolina in years when they're down. Uh, Yes, NC State kept competing until the end, made it a 20-point loss, but the beginning of that game, giving up 56 points in the first half, That's not the kind of acceptable effort that NC State can have, and it's not been one that has been normal under Kevin Keats, to his credit. But there are a lot of people now who are a lot. It's all relative. There's a lot of people. How about this? There's a lot of people online who are mad at Kevin Keats. That's probably more accurate to say. NC State's not having a good year, and losing Manny Bates in the first minute of the first game did not help any on that front. And nobody wants to talk about Manny Bates because it sounds like an excuse when sometimes excuses are reality. That doesn't excuse Saturday's effort. So try to understand those two different points. NC State is a shorthanded team at this point, but there's still talent there in Darian Sebron, Terquavion Smith, Jericho Helms. I think still you can get something out of a shooter like Thomas Allen. I'm not sure we've seen enough out of Breon Pass. Credit to Kevin Keats for the progress of E.B. Diwana, the big man in the middle. Imagine if DeWana was able to just play 10 to 15 minutes a game instead of the 25 to 30 that he has to play with Bates' injury. Those are the kind of things you kind of have to factor. I'm not as caught up in the day-to-day referendum on Kevin Keats' future as some other people are, and that's fine. But here's the thing I want people to understand about NC State this season because I see this in my own text messages with State fans. I see this with my own online and Twitter feedback. The people who want to see Kevin Keats gone are kind of like the people at Louisville who just saw Chris Mack gone. Now, to be clear, Chris Mack lost that team. The message stopped getting through to the players. That's what we saw at NC State in 2017 under Mark Gottfried. That's why Chris Mack is gone. Here's the parallel. Louisville and NC State were both going through NCAA investigations. Neither Mack nor Keats were involved in the issues that got the schools in trouble with the NCAA. LSU and Auburn are also going through NCAA issues. Auburn, of course, is the number one team in the country. One thing we have to remember about both LSU and Auburn is they decided to keep their coaches. So Will Wade was the coach who got the school in trouble. They stuck by Will Wade. Bruce Pearl was the coach who got Auburn in trouble. They stuck by Bruce Pearl. There was no coaching change. Why that's important, why I want you to think about that is, if your predecessor did something wrong with the TPS reports at your job before you, don't you think your boss would be like, hey, we're going to do the TPS reports differently than the person who just got fired? At LSU and Auburn, they're still filing their TPS reports the same way. I hope that makes sense to you. What I'm getting at is if you were working the margins before to work around the NCAA rules to get players, guess what you're doing now? You don't even have to work around the margins now because of NIL. So I think the best way to look at this is not just, oh my God, Auburn's the number one team in the country and they were going through the same things that NC State was. Number one. Auburn did self-impose a postseason ban last year. That was the punishment that NC State was trying to avoid, the postseason ban. All of the fighting over the last couple of years with the NCAA has been about not having the postseason ban. Now, in the process, Kevin Keats has had to deal with on the recruiting trail, hey, if you can get a player as good as Jabari Smith is at Auburn, a one-and-done guy who's going to be a lottery pick, maybe even the number one overall pick in the draft, other teams are going to recruit against you and say, you can't go there. Because they, they could be, have a postseason ban. You won't even play in the NCAA tournament. Those are the kind of things that Kevin Keats had to deal with. But what about Auburn and LSU? Well, let's take Auburn. Auburn wasn't good last year. Why do you think they self-imposed a postseason ban? Auburn was 13-14 and 14 last year. I know where Auburn is now. Think about the transfers that Auburn has this year. Auburn's winning not only with Jabari Smith, an outstanding freshman, who they're able to get, but they're winning with transfers. Kevin Keats' biggest problem right now, is the players he's getting in the transfer portal aren't good enough. They aren't as good as the ones he got for his first team, which made the NCAA tournament, which no one was complaining about his first team. And they aren't as good enough as his second or third teams. Now, a second team didn't make the NCAA tournament. His third team probably would have. But remember, the pandemic shut down the 2020 NCAA tournament. So I think you have a couple of different things working against Kevin Keats. And I understand the frustration, and I also understand that the effort on Saturday was not good enough, but it also wasn't indicative of the pattern of effort that the players have shown under Kevin Keats. Unlike Chris Mack, he hasn't lost his players. Now, there's nine games left in this season. NC State's 3-8 and eight in the league right now. I think Kevin Keats needs to figure out a way to win five of those games. Get to eight wins. Get to a respectable 8-12 and 12 ACC record. That would show that you haven't lost the players on the team. I also think the schedule opens up over the second half. That doesn't mean you can repeat the effort that we saw on Saturday, though. And that's going to be the important part for Kevin Keats. And one last thing that Kevin Keats needs to figure out. Not only does he need to get better players out of the transfer portal next season, he needs to figure out to keep the ones that are helping him this year. That's Terquavion Smith. That's Darion Sebron. And potentially that's Manny Bates. Manny Bates could end up being like Peyton Wilson. Peyton Wilson, we all thought, would be in the NFL draft this year. Well, he's not, because he got hurt. actually got hurt in the second game, the first half of the second game. Peyton Wilson is an NFL talent, but he has to prove that he can stay healthy in order to play in the NFL. So he's coming back for an extra season at NC State. Manny Bates has NBA potential, but he has to also prove he can stay healthy. So maybe Manny Bates ends up coming back next season, just like Peyton Wilson did to prove that he can stay healthy, and show that he is an NBA player. If NC State has Seabron, Terquavion Smith, and Manny Bates next season, and then you can add, they need to add shooters, number one, out of the portal. If he can get some shooters out of the portal, you're looking at another NCAA tournament team. Is that enough for NC State fans? We'll see. It will be year six for Kevin Keats, and I get it. Fans are frustrated. Fans have the right to be frustrated. But I also think it would be fair to give Keats a chance now that all of the NCAA issues have concluded. All right, before we get to my conversation with Derek Wittenberg, I want to thank the Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. No mosquitoes, no pests, no contracts, guaranteed. If you're in the Triangle, Sandhills, or Fayetteville, do me a favor. Check them out at bugsbite.com. And if you've missed any episodes, you can check all of our episodes out at SportsFan.com or Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Please Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and give us five stars. Joining me now is Derek Wittenberg. You know him as a national champion at NC State. You know him as a coach. You know him as an associate athletic director. But I know Derek Wittenberg as a storyteller. And he has another story to tell. Deeply involved in the tournament, a history of ACC men's basketball. It's a 10-part documentary. It starts on Monday on the ACC Network. There will be two episodes per day. He teamed up again with executive producer Jonathan Hawk, who you'll remember he worked with on survive and advance. I can't believe that was already in 2013. Tell me a little bit about this project, how you got involved and, and obviously uh, another labor of love for you.
2: Yeah, you know John, John Dahl, also the executive for ESPN, uh, happens to be a Carolina guy <laughs> that uh, I've been working with as well and uh, approached us uh, two years ago, actually just before the pandemic about doing this doc uh, about the history of the ACC tournament and a uh, wonderful project. Um, so Jonathan Hawk obviously is in, in Hawk Films is in charge of five other producers. And uh, I tell you, it's been wonderful working with it. Over 175 interviews starting from the 50s, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s and present day. What a history that the ACC has. I think people are going to enjoy it. Uh, it's long overdue. Never seen footage before, stories. Um, it, it's going to be a, a, a piece of history that people are going to enjoy.
0: For you, obviously, y- you knew a lot of it. You're a part of it, number one, 1983, and that tournament itself uh, and, and that championship team, I like to say, created March Madness. Um, but was there anything that you learned? in this project uh, as someone even who is a student of history, was there
2: something that you learned about the league? Oh, oh, I mean, between Bones McKinney and our own history with Everett Case and Lefty Giselle and uh, you name it, I've learned so much, even the integration of the ACC. Uh, I've learned so much. I, th- I thought I knew about the history of ACC, and I thought, I thought I knew a lot about NC State history, and I did, but I've learned so much more, and there's so much more to learn, and, and I think the reason why I'm really excited about this project is we got to teach our young people about where it all began, right, because in order to in, enhance your destiny, you have to embrace your history, and I think if they learned more, they would appreciate more about this great Uh, conference, uh, these great institutions that we had the opportunity to play for, and then how this journey, these relationships, and this experience is going to help you succeed later on in life. So I'm excited about what people are going to learn about the ACC, and more importantly, about the history of their schools.
0: When you do a project like this, do you, nostalgia can be a powerful drug. Do you get transported back to that time? You know, for you, obviously, the end of the 70s, early 80s, when when the ACC really was different than now.
2: Absolutely. I just got off the phone. I was talking to Al Hartley, and I'm reading Barry Jacobs' book Across the Line. So it's just interesting that I'm engulfed in this film project and reading across the lines about the integration of the ACC and how it, the league has transformed uh, the great league like that's with Frank McGuire, in every case, and, and just how the league transformed and 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 just meeting all these and, and you know what's been interesting is that it's the off-camera conversations that you know Irwin Smallwood, the, the last guy that's alive, the, the writer. That's in uh, Western Salem that have conversations with those guys. You know, those are the, the the story about Bob Wade, the first African American coach and the uh, head coach in the ACC. I mean, just the conversations have been just tremendous, man. And, and, and Lou Priscilla and learning about his career and, and about every case. And I, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm learning so much and I'm enjoying the interviews and the off camera. Conversations because you just don't you can't get everything into film. But what's special is that these guys journey their stories and how they really are a part of this ACC and and just enjoy their journey and the experience of the ACC.
0: I'm only an observer of the ACC. You're a part of its history, and I, I wonder when you watch the current product. Do you recognize it? You know, when when Pittsburgh's in town on a Tuesday night, are you like, are you sure this is a league game? I because I, I have those moments. I don't know if if you do, or, and, and where you grew up too in D.C. Obviously, now the connection to uh, Maryland's gone. So I'm just kind of curious, as someone who is a part of of the league's history, h- how well, do you look you, at it through the prism of
2: today? Well, you know, I look at it as it's a different time, right? You have to have expansion. You got social media, you got more TV coverage. You know, we didn't have ESPN back then, just got started. It's 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 a national sport. You know, there's hundreds of games on TV, on all networks. So, yeah, it's different than what we were. But, you know, I can't look at it and say, is it, it's, is it better? I think yes, uh, uh, just because you had to do it. expansion. All the other leagues are expanding. You know, one of the most disappointing things, I think, of the league, is that I hate to see Maryland go because I think Maryland was such a part of the beginning of the ACC. They're an easy fit, right, in the, on the East Coast. They were an easy fit. They were there in the beginning, Washington, D.C. market. You know, I went to high school right there at the High School, two miles from Maryland. And I just hated to see it, it's odd for me to see Maryland uh, that's not a part of the ACC. That's the only thing that I probably regret the most because they were there in the beginning. We had such great rivalries. If if you didn't go to NC State, you went to Maryland, you know, and, and that's the kind of thing. I mean, if I wouldn't have went to NC State, I probably would have been at Maryland, you know. So uh, that's the only thing I say. But you know, the expansion doesn't bother me. You know, with Syracuse and Pitt, Florida State, and the other schools, and Miami, that, that doesn't bother me at all. I think uh, down the road, that's that's going to be better for the for the league. You obviously. We're on
0: a team that won the ACC tournament in 83 in Atlanta. And, man,
2: we know that story. I'm curious about your other tournament experiences. What what do you remember from those other three? I remember that Thurl Bailey's mom came in there the first game of the ACC and threatened uh, for Thurl not to play because she had bad seats. Oh, really? Oh, man, it's going to be in my book. And and I was scared to death because everybody was scared of Thurl Bailey's mom, right? She comes in and she got sent a message to Tom, a mom. market comes in the locker room and says, "Theryl Bailey is not playing. And I advise, I've talked to Derek Whitburn's mom and he ain't playing. I said, oh my God, <laughs> Theral Bailey's mom is going to kill us all. And, and quickly she got better seats. She didn't want to sit way up and somebody put her seats, all the parents seats way up in the rafters somewhere. And she was furious. And she told Theryl, you better not play. And Thurl was scared to death. <laughs> so that's, that's one of my ACC stories that, that, that sticks in my mind. And the other one is, is, is sad and good at the same time is that in my freshman year, uh, when it was rumored, to, not rumored, but Norm Sloan had, was leaving had to go to Florida. And the guy that recruited Monty Tao, had left already, left the team and already went recruiting for Florida. And we got wind of that, because you imagine us playing a game where well, we have a pretty good team with 20 and eight. We playing in Greensboro Coliseum, first game of this Iowa, who we should have beat. And if we start off, we win those two games in Greensboro, we, we go into the final four. But we were just emotionally not there. Our coaches leaving, you know, we don't know what to think. And uh, it, it was really a tried moment there. For, for that year we should have made a run in my freshman year because we were good enough
0: and before we wrap up our pack therapy session with Derek Wittenberg I want to thank the Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority again no mosquitoes no pests no contracts guaranteed if you're in the Triangle Sandhills or Fayetteville check them out at bugsbite.com and if you've missed any of our episodes you can find them all at wralsportsfan.com Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. Give us five stars. We would appreciate it.
1: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply.
2: See website for details.
0: Is Greensboro the best spot, do you think, traditionally for the ACC tournament? I know it's probably not going to be going forward, but...
2: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, they can can say whatever they want. Now, Atlanta was pretty special. We won the championship there, so obviously I'm going to be a little biased to Atlanta. You know, Greensboro, you know, that's where you got most of the schools. That's where it all began. It's just a great atmosphere. I'm not saying that people don't appreciate, but basketball, this is where where it started, right? This is what the film is going to tell you. It started here. Every case brought basketball to North Carolina in the South, and this is where it all began. And, and, and it's no, in my opinion, there's no better place to have it than Greensboro.
0: Do you think, in the, it's called The Tournament, A History of ACC Men's Basketball. It's a 10-part documentary. It's going to be on the ACC Network starting on Monday, February 7th, with two episodes per day. You just mentioned Everett Case. And obviously, people around here in the Triangle, they, they most people who've been around for a minute understand Everett Case's role. Do you think this documentary will really shed some light to maybe some people outside who think maybe Dean Smith or... Mike Shashevsky started the the great traditions of ACC basketball. <laughs> oh, of, Do you think this will shed some light on Everett Case and what what
2: his role was? Absolutely, because Joe, people don't know. They've not they haven't been taught the history. They don't know. They don't know. Everybody thought Charlie Scott was the first. He might have been. Charlie might have been the first star African American player, but he wasn't the first. But people didn't know. Like people only know history that you tell them, right? I grew up that they, they said that. You know, I thought that Martin Luther King was the only black guy in history. That's what I was taught. I didn't know any better. <laughs> I didn't know about Adam Clayton Powell. I didn't know about the other ones, you know. I mean, that's what history is about. And it's it's okay that now we can educate people, right? And in and, and, and every case, my God, 1946, we, we hired him. We had lost to Carolina for 15 straight times. I didn't know that. Right, people are gonna know that stuff. And then when we hide every case, we won, we beat Carolina 15 straight times. So I'm saying that this is stuff that nobody that's what's gonna be good about it's because you know it's gonna be the old timers, people back in the 50s and 60s, and that, that was a part of it. And then it's gonna be some of the new kids and the kids that in the 30s and 40s and and then the younger kids can get an opportunity to know why this league is special. You had a special place, and you should appreciate that. You should enjoy that, and that uh, you should be humbled by this experience because it's a special experience, and that's what I try to tell athletes and, and that's playing at NC State, that this, there were people before you that uh, paved the way for this to be a special place. Embrace that, enjoy that, and uh, and appreciate that. Eric Wittenberg, what's next for
0: you, man? Because I'm, I listen, I can't believe Survive Advance already came out
2: almost 10 years ago. That's crazy. It's crazy. So it will be a 10 year reunion, right? In 23, right. you got the 30th anniversary of the V Foundation, you have the 40th anniversary of the 83 team. You know, you got the 20th anniversary of I'm taking Wagner college to their first NCAA championship was like winning the national championship. So a lot of milestones for me, but there's nothing better for me that a lot of people have jobs in NC state, but I have a calling. This is my school. This is where I want to be. And I get up enthusiasm every day. Like I told the kids, NC state was my first choice. This is where I wanted to be. And so I couldn't be in a better position for me. And I I enjoy being a part of Wolfpack Nation. I just had a great event with Fred Joseph, who's one of our great alumnus and supporters in Greensboro. You know, not just the fact of supporting uh, the current students, but supporting the people who was there in the beginning. And Fred Joseph is one of those special uh, donors and supporters that we have. So to me, this is this is a calling. Everybody asks me every day, why are you so excited? Why are you so pumped up every day? Man, shoot, this ain't work. This is a calling, man. I I got enthusiasm about this. So I I, I can't wait for this documentary to come out. It's gonna shine a big light on NC State. The first two episodes really is basically the Dixie Classic and the Southern Conference and Everett Case and how he started to promotions around the state and base the bases of the Wolfpack club. I started because of every, I mean, every case was the man was the man. And I want people to say, and listen, not only from our perspective, but if you listen to the interviews, other uh, programs and players from other schools respected every case, you know, and, 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 and the impact that he had on our league. So, I'm excited for the league. I'm excited for the ACC. I'm excited for for NC State uh, that we're going to share some great history uh, about the ACC. Derek Wittenberg, appreciate you taking some time, man. I hope everyone checks it out again
0: on the ACC Network. It's called The Tournament, A History of ACC Men's Basketball. Ten parts. It starts on Monday, February 7th. Watch it on the ACC Network. And anytime Wit and Jonathan Hawk to get, get together, there's a great story to be told. So I'm looking forward to it, Wit, Appreciate your time, man, and best of luck to you in all your uh, fundraising endeavors there, man. I know you got a lot going on, not only with the school, but the Derek Wittenberg Foundation, which you do some great work for area college students here.
2: Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And listen, uh, nothing more than giving. Right. And fundraising and, and, and helping people and helping students and, you know, you know, is helping students. You know, I saw a special the other day on we got a hunger uh, problem and homeless problem on our campus. So I'm urging people to go out there and I'm donating food to, to some of our students uh, twice a month that, that need food and help. So it's not the most special to have the ability to, to help students and to help people.